A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 26 of the Small Machine Talks. I'm Amanda Earle. And I'm A.M. Kozak, which you probably also heard in the intro. Yeah, we, we like to we like, <laughs> we like to say to, it yep. again. And this we, we decided that this since this will be the last episode of 2017, we thought we would do a little roundup of favorites for us from from the year. Yes, we did think that. So um, why don't we just start uh, getting right into it? Well, I thought before we before we actually talked about well, it's, this is sort of related. I thought we I would like to um, uh, you know me I'm all about the numbers, not really, but <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about this year with the podcast. I and mean, we started the podcast in the summer of 2016, yep. so now we've been going for like a year and a half, I guess. Mm-hmm. So in in 2017, we actually recorded 20 episodes. That's a lot. And we did nine interviews. So that's that's very exciting. We interviewed Claire Farley, Sarah McDonnell, Ian Martin, Natalie Hanna, Clara Duplessis, Jamal Jackson Rogers, Joseph Yanni, Faisal Dean, and Guillaume Morissette in uh, yeah. in this year. And we, we actually had, as of December 28th, because that's the last day I looked, we had 1,284 plays, which is pretty cool. And our interview with Sarah was the most played episode at 115. Awesome. I'm not going to say which is the least played episode because that doesn't seem fair. But uh, that's so that was that's our that's the that's the year in uh, the small year machine talks. Yes, yeah, the year so in review we, of podcasts. We, yeah, we interviewed six uh, Ottawans, two Montrealers, and one Torontonian. Very I nice. Got all those right. Now we need to get a Haligonian in there, yeah, and we'll yeah. be all set. And a Vancouverite. Yes, next next maybe next year that could be one of our goals for 2018. Also, someone who comes from a place with an even stranger uh, way of call, uh, calling them. But uh, we'll have to find that. All Sounds right. good. So, um, so we talk a lot about events here. Um, what was your? Do you have a favorite event of this past year of 2017? Yeah, it actually just happened in December. I hope that isn't a, a trend for me that I only <laughs> remember things that happened in December. Now I went to a lot of great events, but this one, one of the things I liked about it was combined music and spoken word and poetry and uh, fictions. Uh, this, this was the new constellations, which uh, happened on December 9th at the Bronson Center. It's been a, a, a I was going to say worldwide, but a, a Canada-wide at least tour um, or organized jointly by The Basement Review in Toronto, which is run by Damien Rogers and Jason Collette, and Revolutions Per Minute. So the tour featured spoke, I already said yes, so those different things, and by Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists. And for me, some of the highlights were a guy called Jeremy Dutcher, who has the most amazing voice, and he also he also played piano and drums, Lido Pimentia, who is amazing, and mm-hmm. she and throat singers, and also the writers Leanne Beresamos, Sake Simpson, Tracy Lindbergh, and Vera Web- Sorry, Webijik, and they were just—they were just great. It was just a fantastic evening. I love it when there's a combination, like when it's a multi-multi-genre mm-hmm. kind of uh, event, and it was—it was a lot of fun. That was my favorite. What about? And do they? Do they? Um, you said they travel to different cities with that event. They went all people? over. They went na- nationwide. Uh, there are different people who came in uh, as well. Like for instance. Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember some of the other people, but uh, I think Feist was in the one in Montreal, for oh, instance. Really? So yeah, it's so huge. It was 
a huge thing. And in Montreal and Toronto, it was sold out. I was a bit surprised that it, it didn't advertise as sold out here because it was very close mm -hmm. to sold out. Like if it wasn't sold out, I was surprised. A lot of people I know uh, from the literary community were in the audience as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that was fun. But there, I mean, it was just such a fun thing. And I've already talked before about my love of the basement review. I got to see them in, in, in Toronto uh, as part of the International Festival of Authors. And I, we, I follow their podcast a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So, so it's it's. I was really glad that they came to Ottawa. It's funny because when I when I saw them in Toronto, I I, I said I tweeted afterwards. I said, if you ever come to Ottawa, let me know. And they said, Well, as a matter of fact, is it their first time here? I well, um, th I don't th I don't think the Basement Review normally travels. I think okay. they normally. So this is a, something they did in collaboration with oh, another organization, Revolutions Per Minute. And I wish I remembered the guy's name from that, but I've. I've of course, I don't remember. We have the internet. Someone will be able to find Some, it, I'm sure. Try Google. It works yeah. very well. We yes. find. That's it. What Maybe they can sponsor us. Maybe. Who, Google? <laughs> oh, yes. Google and Lagavulin. I think out of the two, I'd rather have Lagavulin sponsor yeah, us than yeah, Google. Probably, yeah. We're still aiming for that Lagavulin sponsorship. Maybe 2018. That's it. That's it. So uh, uh, what about you? Do you have a, an event that you... Uh, you yeah, I, th I thought about this. There was a lot of good events I went to. So I decided to pick a, uh, a personal, more of a personal reason for being my favorite. That's Lisa Robertson at Verse Fest. Oh, yeah. Because uh, she's probably my favorite poet. Or if and not, I missed favorite, that event. <laughs> yes, you missed it. And um, she got the time mixed up when she was going to perform. So she ended up missing yes. her earlier slot and having to go later. But That's that, why I missed it. But that meant I got to hang out with her and have dinner with her. So... That uh, worked out for me. Um, and yeah, I got to see her perform. I recorded a bunch of it to my phone. Um, what did she read from? Do you remember? Uh, she read, I think she read from Three Summers. Okay. And I think she read some other, some one other thing that I can't quite remember. I have to look at the video. That's it. <laughs> I, I Was Three Summers her last or was there one that just came out after that? I think this, that's her last one. Yeah, for some reason I have in my mind that she, there was something more recent, but. It could be. I think she might have done like smaller things like chat books or publications but right. I'm not sure if she has a book out since but you know what I'm not very good at uh, dates and all that so I could be I could be way off this is why we're doing highlights of 2017 yeah. we, because soon we're gonna for, have forgotten that 2017 even existed yeah, yeah. And my highlights of 2017 aren't always things that came out in 2017 that's by right. the way it's things that I experienced in 2017 yeah I think that's a good point actually and the other thing the other thing too is there's I find one thing I find about best of lists is um, sometimes it's hard because there's a lot of great things that um, like I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna make a, a, a favorites for my for poetry that came out in 2017 that I've read, but there's so much that I haven't read, mm -hmm. and that I, I have on my to read list, and that I probably should have. And if in fact if you have any ideas about what I should read, feel free to tell me. But um, you know, so yeah, those those obviously um, these are favorites for the of what we've actually experienced so yeah, yeah. did you have a favorite uh thing you read this year yeah i'm, I'm gonna i actually divided this into uh, oh several different sections because okay. that's just the way i roll you know so i think for for uh fiction stephen heighton's the night nightingale won't let you sleep which came out early in in 2017 mm -hmm. it was said it's a novel that's set in an abandoned village in cyprus about a group of misfits who are seeking refuge from the war and it focused on on a character named Triff who's haunted by his experience in the military in Afghanistan. I absolutely love the language. Stephen Heighton is also a poet and a short story mm -hmm. writer, a fiction writer. So he's he's really great with language. He's very precise. He's got a lot of imagery. The characters were really fascinating and I had a lot of compassion for their, their situation. And the whole thing is very sensual, the descriptions. And also there's lots of great food descriptions. So, okay. so I, just reading that book makes me hungry and makes me want to go to a <laughs> 
beach somewhere, especially on cold days like today. Yeah, so that that's nice. that's a, my a novel for um, poetry. My favorite was a book called On Walking On by Cole Swenson, who's an American. Well, I guess she's not just an Amer from. She's from the states. Did but she I think, teach at Iowa State, or did she used to uh, teach at she, Iowa State? She may have. Uh, she's right now. She's a professor at Literary Arts at of literary arts at Brown University, or okay. she was when this book came out this year. So uh, anyway, this book is by Nightboat Books in the States. It's on walking on. It's it's basically engages with a lot of other writings on walking, including Lisa Robertson's Seven Walks. So All right. You, and it's really, I love this book so much. It's it's fantastic. So she, she um, talks, she sort of like poem essays on walking. Okay. So it engages with people like Thoreau, Rousseau, Virginia Woolf, Georges a whole bunch of other people as well. It's really great. I, I, as you, as well, the audience at home cannot see this, but uh, this book is thoroughly dog-eared. Yes, so it is. I can that. Uh, confirm that. That's it. I'll also, for the first time, I think, um, maybe the second time or third time, I read a, a graphic. It's not a novel in this case, it's, but it's a graphic uh, kind of book, anyway, uh, called Body Music by Julie Marot. And Julie Marot is the one who wrote uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. So, oh, yeah, uh, I've heard of that. So, yeah, so this is, uh, illustrates different types of relationships. I've got a really nice quote from, from this that I've actually, uh, so I'll just share that. Uh, bow-legged, chubby, ethnic, androgynous, trans, pierced, scarred, ill, disabled, old, hairy, outside all the aesthetic criteria, queers, dykes, trans, freaks, the non-monogamous, flighty, and spiny hearts. We all write our poems and our hearts beat harder for our romances. We are not a minority. We are the alternatives. There are as many love stories as there are imaginations. Isn't that great? That's great. And it's up on my, my shelf over there. <laughs> You're looking. So that's that's something that I really loved. And then for chapbooks, I picked out um, Ali Fleming's The Worst Season, which is a really wonderful chapbook out by uh, uh, Anne Struther Press mm -hmm. this year. And it's a small spare collection of powerful poems that are quiet and fierce, and the volume kind of steadily increases. So, uh, yeah, I think those, those are the only things I wanted to talk about at this point. But so those oh, are my so those are some of my favorites and not all of my favorites, probably. Right. I should have brought them to read excerpts mine. That's a good idea. About it. Well, yeah, it is a good <laughs> idea, but you have the the privilege of having the books around you um, to to grab. I, I have that, yeah, and I, I have more in in my office too. So, uh, you know, but uh, well, that's okay. My favorites. Uh, well, I have. I I'm not very good at picking favorites because um, be favorite of the moment, right? Depends on your mood. Yeah, and... I guess I. I've had when I think of favorites, I, I think about you know I have favorites in it, yeah, at a certain yeah. for a certain time and space. I have a favorite or something that I keep coming back to. So I just picked uh, two that I wanted to give a, that I thought were good and wanted to give a shout out to. One was uh, Lisa Robertson's Three Summers. Yeah, um, I love that too. Yeah, I read it. I think I I sort of skimmed it and then I really sat down with it and read it when I was in Vancouver at the beginning of May. Uh, so I thought it was appropriate to read in Vancouver because she used to she used to live in Vancouver. And there's some, I don't know, I remember some nice parts about being on a bicycle and things like that in, in the book. So um, that's that's not me reading from it, but uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll say the bicycle line. Uh, I'll pretend I read that. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll revisit some of the, you know, may, maybe Aaron, you can read some of uh, a favorite line or something in next in 2018. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year. This is a cliffhanger. It's a tease. <laughs> And uh, the other one I was going to give a shout out to, um, you've already mentioned Anne Struther Press. This is another one by them. I think it was released in 2015, but it's uh, Claire Duplessis' chapbook, oh, Wax yeah. Lyrical. I read it for the first time this year. I think I was, when I was in, I might have been in Toronto at the time when I read it. I don't quite remember where I was, but um, I don't know. It's a great chapbook. Um, the, the title poem from it is is a, is a great poem. And um, 
yeah, it's uh, mm, very yeah. intimate, very precise language, but it's also has it has a little bit of the Lisa Robertson type of writing style in some and ways some as humor well. too. Yeah. I remember, yeah, it's very dynamic. There's a lot to it, so I recommend if you can if you can find it somewhere, I recommend uh, checking it out. I picked that up at the Word Bookstore in Montreal. I remember oh, yeah. I was happy to uh, discover that there because they have a little chapbook section, or they did, they probably still do, mm-hmm. but I haven't been in, in Montreal this this year, unfortunately. But I will be back. But uh, yeah, and, and of course we interviewed Claire and we talked yeah. a fair bit about the chapbook. So you probably should revisit that interview. We have yet oh, to yeah, right. we have yet to interview Lisa Robertson, but wouldn't it be good if we could have that? That oh, would be the maybe. other. We should fly her in from France. Oh yes, let's let's fly her in from <laughs> France. Let's try that on. If we if we got a sponsorship from Google, we could probably yeah, do exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, so what about um what, did you discover any new magazines or have any favorite issues of magazines this year? I think it's it's hard for me to say that I um, that I have a whole issue that's my favorite, but I noticed that I have one of my most um, dog-eared. Um, I guess um, I, I I have I have some subscriptions because I was I entered some contests to a few different magazines. Mm-hmm. So one of my most dog-eared was um, Arc's Winter 2017 issue, which I think came out sort of early in 2017. Is that the end of Times issue? Uh is that what that is? Let me just see if that... No, it doesn't say that on here. So I don't think that's what it is, actually. Oh, okay. So, um, no, but it's got a cool cool cover with... I, well, I, I could probably tell you about the cover. But anyway, the point <laughs> is, is is that um, what I love the best... I, there's, a, there's a feature that uh, ARC has been doing for uh, maybe a year now or so called uh, Translatables. And that's my favorite part of ARC magazine, usually, where they have, uh, uh, they have a tra- translations of... Um, of poetry from writers from all over the world and in this this issue in the winter 2017 they had i'm sorry about my pronunciation ursula and kiar olsen's um uh, a, a section of her of her um, book third millennial heart which was translated by katrine ogard jensen and it's, it's just it's just an amazing and there's an accompanying essay usually about it as well it's just an amazing little um i'll just i'll just read like the first little section from a section called my distant interior Time does not heal all. When I was a wounded animal, I'd run into my distant interior and perform the necessary mercy mercy killings myself. Then I'd gather the bones on skin and resurrect by sunrise in red radiance. In this way, no one, nothing has ever hurt me. I remain unwritten. So yeah, I love that. I think one of the things I really love about um, about translations, uh, about well, about being able to uh, hear poetry from other languages in translation is or read it is is that it's just so often so different somehow from the way we we express things. And I don't know how to explain it in, in a much more precise way than that. And then the other the other um, thing that I really enjoyed uh, is that Room Magazine issue 40.2, which is titled Our Rubble, Our Loss. Uh, there was some new fiction by Carly Baker, whose who's, who's short story collection, Bad Endings, I really enjoyed. Mm. The story is called Midwives. And I guess what I liked about it, so many things that I liked about this story, but it was that it was a... Uh, uh, a story that's not a coming of age uh, story. It's about a woman who's in her forties. And while I, I respect the need for coming of age stories, and I, and coming of age work, it's absolutely necessary and vital. I'm just at the stage where I like to read about older people. I feel a little bit like it's. I relate to everybody, but I just I really like this one. So can you come of age when you're older? 
I think you 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 can you can in some ways I think you probably can I think that's a, that's a, a profound thought actually <laughs> but usually when coming of age kind of means um, changing from childhood to adulthood and and so from that point of view but I think sure why not why there's all kinds of different stages that we have to go through in life right so there's a different types of coming of age mm-hmm. maybe but uh, and I'll, the other thing I liked about this story and about a lot of Carly's stories is a lot of them have to do with fr- about, with friendships between women and I find mm-hmm. those I really like those so those and then I, I, I have a few more <laughs> favorites. I didn't want to neglect online um, magazines. So um, Plowshares, which is, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember uh, wh- where it is. Uh, but I think Northeastern U.S., is it? I, maybe. It's, it's a university uh, in the States, I believe, anyway. So there's this great essay called The Poetics of Be- Bewilderment by Emma Phillips. And um, she, um, she actually refers to Rebecca Solnick's Field Guide to Getting Lost. Oh, I have that book. I, I love that book. I love that book. I don't own it. A friend loaned it to me, and I keep meaning to buy it because it's wonderful. Oh, do you want it? I have a. I'm not going to read it again. Well, I, there you go. We will. I will take it from you, Aaron. That's good. He it. doesn't have it with him, though. Well, I got it when I was like 17 or 18, and <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I should read some nonfiction. And then I, I don't know. It wasn't quite. I couldn't quite get into it as a 17 or 18 year old. Well, maybe you can now. Though. Well, I well I read like half of it, then I couldn't finish it, and then I reread parts of it when I I'm not sure several years later, and I there was chunks of it that I did really like. Um, so yeah, I I think mean, you get the I guess the messages uh, when you read things in different parts of your life, you're going to connect to them differently, but. I'm probably not going to read it again. All right. Well, I will. I will be happily take it, but as long as I'm allowed to dog ear it and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to. I think it's already chewed a little bit by my rabbits. So. Oh well, I. I. You know what? That makes it even better. I think because they've already <laughs> edited a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Edited by bunnies. I think that's the best way. So yeah. So she. Well, because they, some people think of bewilderment as basically being lost in a bad way, but she talks about how it's a kind of sublime state, one of intense awe that allows for the ineffable and unanswerable. She talks also about Walter Benjamin and Fanny Howe as well. So that's just a great uh, a great um, essay, The Poetics of Bewilderment in Plowshares. And then finally, a, a blog that always, always uplifts me all the time is Shauna LeMay's Transactions with Beauty. Mm-hmm. And she's an, uh, she lives in Edmonton. She uh, Her blog usually features photographs and uh, excerpts from poems and also from other books and stuff like that and her own thoughts. So she had a particularly... Uh, uplifting piece for me, a note on misfits, which I really appreciated. And she talked primarily about Lydia Yuknavich's uh, The Misfits Manifesto, which I, I plan to read. So those are all my sort of in the qua, qua sort of stretching the idea of new magazine. Mm-hmm. Those are those are those are my magazine type uh, favorites this time around. Well I didn't cheat, so I only chose one. Oh I'm a cheater. <laughs> I'm a terrible cheater. Um, so best new magazine I discovered, I'll, I'll give it to Bad Nudes. Um, oh yeah, des- I was thinking of Bad Nudes well, too. Well, the, d- the design of their every issue is just like, it's, it's just amazing. Their designer is, is, is out of this world. I read an interview with them recently and it was, that was interesting. I never read an interview with a web designer before. Um, well, that's good. But yeah, every single issue, it's like, uh, the website is like redesigned. It's like a new, completely new layout, completely new design. And a lot of times it's like, a um, it's like, it pays tribute to like, 90s internet aesthetic so there was like a window 95 design issue there was an aol design (laughs) issue so um and it's always like the layout is always like different and um yeah it's and it has good content as well right um a lot of um newer writers and also not not necessarily newer writers but there's a mix of you know more established writers newer writers and just good good work so i'll give them i'll give them a shout out especially though the the design is um 
it because uh, sometimes maybe less so now, but when online magazines were first starting to become popular, they weren't always well designed or designed. Maybe wasn't the first you know thought someone put into a magazine because you know we're 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 literary people, we're art art oriented people. Maybe we're we're more focused on the words, right? Which we maybe should be, but. Um, <laughs> You know, to have it's harder a, on the web to have just focused so heavily on words without a good. Well, exactly, and you I have think to think about the design for web. And I think reading. we're starting to think more about it now. And then yeah. I would say that that magazine is just um, doing it in an interesting way. Charles was telling me that the the current trend for web design is very minimalist. Minimal, so, yeah, yeah. So is. that's a sort of interesting uh, thing. But uh, yeah, well, I, I've I've checked out I think one or two issues of Bad Nudes, I, and I, I've heard also too. I think you, this past year you went to a local launch of the magazine. I've been to two. All right, actually, you were here yeah. in Ottawa, but also in Montreal, right? You went to or maybe yeah. it was Toronto. I don't know. <laughs> no, I saw. I've been to two uh, Montreal launches for oh, it, okay. and then they had an Ottawa launch for one too. Right. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have. A, I have a friend, Andrew. Grant, who I think was in one of the issues, or he came to read here in Ottawa for he's in Montreal. So, okay, yeah. So I'll I'll give them the the award. All right, there's an award. <laughs> yeah, there's an award. There's an award. You know what you get for your award? You get mentioned, and that's there it. There you go. There'll be a thousand dollars in your mailbox. No, there won't. Be. From Amanda. Earl. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. If if next time I win a, uh, if I ever win a big prize, I'll I'll give somebody a thousand dollars, but. Did you discover any uh, new poets or poems this year that you really liked and wanted to, to give yeah. shout-outs to? Um, a couple, actually, I guess, uh, that I would like to talk about. Erica L. Sanchez in the States, her book. Um, I, I first I first heard of her because I, I do the... Um, the um, I get the poetry uh, a day poem a day uh, thing in my email from uh, the American Academy of Poets, I guess. Okay. And so I love the poem in there. It was from a book called Lesson, Lessons on Expulsion, which was just fantastic. It has amazing amazing imagery, especially. So I really like that. And then there was a, a writer, uh, No Awareness, who I didn't hear about. I sort of heard about him in the past. And, but um, I heard him read for the first time at an Inwards reading, mm -hmm. actually in November. And he's not just a poet; he's also a fiction writer, and he he's an illustrator as well. It was very eccentric outsider work, and it was very funny too. He read this whole thing about um, serial—I don't know—his serial killers. So with actual, was just talking about serial, and mm -hmm. it was it was really funny. Anyway, it was you know. So those were the things, and also because um, I'm again because I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> there's an artist named. Inez Saido, I guess she's a German artist who works with discarded materials and makes makes um, um, altered books and stuff. So that was uh, that's those are the three sort of new discoveries for me this year. What All about right. what about you? Did you have any new? Yeah, I gave a. I, I actually broke the rules for this. Oh, one he too. broke the rules. Yay. Yeah, I, I gave a handful of, of uh, writers that I that I first read or heard perform this year that I that I liked. Um, I think it was actually one of the bad news launch I saw Sophia Banzoff read and her work was really, really good. I ended up picking up uh, her book uh, after that. Uh, she's based in Toronto, but the reading was in Montreal. Um, Jake Byrne, also from Montreal, he's uh, he's been publishing a lot lately. He had a chapel that just come out, I think, with Ralia's Ghost Press from Vancouver. Good. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing really well. He's doing his stuff's really good. Jordan Abel, I just I think I just heard him for the first time this past year. I, we he performed at Verse Fest. He's very um, 
using sound a lot, which is which I really like. I'm not sure if you're there for his uh, his. Reading. No, I wasn't there, but um, he I heard I heard him on the because he he won the Griffin Award, right. so I I got to hear him uh, read at the shortlisted reading, uh, but I heard it was live streamed, so I um, yeah, that's great, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then a couple more, um, Clarissa, Clarissa Larocque. She has this poem I really like, something about the color, I think she wrote the color blue, or is it green? I think it's blue. I think it's multiple colors. Are you colorblind? <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, because... Uh, would I know if I was? Well, you, you, you <laughs> other people would probably tell you, no, that's that's blue. I can't remember what it is. I think it's red and green or something. Well, I think there are different ones, but uh, anyway. um, note to self, look up what color Just like, is. just Google uh, her name and then pick a couple colors and you'll find it probably. Uh, it's a good, it's a good piece of writing. Uh, Megan Fenya Jones from Vancouver. I think, does she have a chapbook with Raleigh's uh, goes to? I'm not sure, but um, she has some poems out there I, I really like. And uh, Sean Robinson also from Vancouver is, uh, he has a lot of good stuff out there. And how did well. you discover uh, some of these? Like, was it just you saw something they published or you heard them um, read or? I think for all of them, I saw them read. Okay. I saw them read or met them and read their and read their work in a workshop in like a, a workshop type setting or I saw them read. Yeah. That's interesting, actually. I, I we when we were talking, I, I guess uh, best of lists are coming out and um, on Twitter at one point, and I, I I sort of said that I would revisit this for this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. Jason Christie. Um, who is a, a, a friend of the podcast, although he hasn't been on, but uh, and, and a, po a local, or he lives in Ottawa, he, he writes wonderful poems. He uh, was talking about how, well, he, he said for these best of lists, like one thing he's interested in is consider where you maybe uh, got the poetry from or where you've heard the mm -hmm. poet. For, so I, I think that's an interesting question. Like, in my case, a lot of times, a lot of my favorites come from actually having heard a person read yeah. or or sometimes they because I may have may have seen one of their poems on something like a, a magazine I've read online or something mm -hmm. very rarely um, these days does it come from just sort of perusing a bookshelf and finding? oh I never have that yeah yeah, yeah. or sometimes in the library I might I I discovered Aaron Comet Bus because it w I just picked up the book in the library at one point so and yeah. I really liked his his poetry so yeah it can happen but mostly for me it's either really readings are the way that I, I pick up new poetry. Well, I, I think that um, maybe the reason why I connect more or am more interested when I see someone read is just because it's another layer that someone can imprint an impression upon you. Yeah. And it's just, it's more interactive and it's just, there's more you're interacting with and experiencing. So there's, yeah, this is, I don't know, just more of an impression, I guess. And it's more personal in a lot of ways, too. Mm. And it's nice if you can buy the book directly from the poet like yeah. or the writer. Or the, it just helps them out, too. So because um, they're usually selling the book for the... Some people just sell it at the cost they're given, but some actually sell it for the price yeah. that is the, the retail price, and so helps them make a little bit of uh, uh, beer money and stuff, bus right. money. And there's oh, there's another one that, that reading in December that um, Guillaume's book launch. There was a writer I really liked. Oh Mar yeah, Marcella was her name. Yeah, I actually yeah, just finished really uh, her her uh, Tropical her her book, and mm -hmm. I really liked it. It was it yeah. was it was a good book. Yeah, I haven't gotten. I I bought all those books at the Meta at that at that reading actually. Well, oh, yeah. and I have Guillaume's book. 
I still I still have plans to uh, in the new year. One of the books I plan to read is his novel that uh, I'm looking forward to after our great interview with him. So yes. yeah. So where are we in our in our list of questions? Oh, we're actually moving out of people and getting to places now. Okay. I think uh, yeah. So um, do you have a favorite uh, trip of 2017? That's an interesting. It's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. <laughs> well, Favorite trip? Well, I'll probably take that however you want. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was taking it as a, uh, a physical trip, um, and uh, I've been on. I've been very privileged to have traveled a lot in 2017. Probably more, yeah, uh, more right. places and more diverse places than in any of the year of my life. Actually, easily. I went to Iceland. I went to you know several countries in Europe. I went to BC. Um, I've been to Montreal and Toronto several times. I've been to Kingston. Um, my favorite trip, I don't know, all of them, but um, we'll say we'll save we'll say Vancouver just because I haven't. I don't know. I feel like I've talked cold as much now about it. And you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been thinking a lot about Vancouver lately. I don't know if it was the most enjoyable trip. But it was um, maybe the most emotional trip, just because mm. I used to I used to live in in uh, in BC and I and I miss a lot of things about it. So um, yeah, we'll say there. And I got to it was nice that I got to meet some people, some of the poets out there that you know I might have interacted with online or read their work, and and just um, they were very inviting me, inviting to, towards me into the community there, and that was that was really nice. Who did you um, who did you remember who you anyone in particular? Yeah, that you... like uh, Curtis LeBlanc, Mallory Tater. Nice. Um, they had a lot of there was a reading, um, a Prism launch that they they were both involved with, and then they had uh, they had people over one one night, and I got to meet a bunch of other uh, people in that community. And uh, yeah, they even took me out to an improv night. Uh, I mean, just to hang out. Oh, fun! We didn't perform the improv, but uh, it was it was good. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll give a shout out to the Vancouver trip I did in May. Good, good, good. Yeah, but what about you? Well, I didn't travel I, 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 very much at all, but I, I was in Toronto actually. I think like three times, um, and um, I really enjoyed all three uh, times, but especially the last one in October as part of the International Festival of Authors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love that experience, but also I, I really it was the people that I talked to, and I got a chance to spend time with a dear friend while I was there, Ali mm-hmm. Fleming, and then also um, outside of the the International Festival of Authors reading. I also went to Knife Fork Book and met Kirby, oh, which yeah. was really great, and got got to hang out and, and go to a reading there, and got to go to also Grossman's Tavern, which is a place to go to. It's also in Kensington mm-hmm. Market, and that was for a reading. Invisible Publishing had with um, I've talked about it already. Jillian Wigmore and uh, Martin Nolan, and there was music with a jazz band, and it was it was just a, it was a great time. It was like I think I said it feels like what readings maybe might have been like in the '70s at mm-hmm. the Bohemian Eb- Embassy in Toronto or something. It was just like it wasn't a smoky room because you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad about that. But still, it had that kind of vibe and it was just so much fun. And the whole experience was lovely. Like I met all kinds of interesting writers and I got to wander around. It was very hot in um, which I remember now with fondness yes, <laughs> since yeah. we don't have that anymore. And who knows if we'll ever have heat again in this place. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was just I was just like wandering around Toronto a little bit on my own, too. Like I took the streetcar and I grew up in Toronto. So for me, it was mm-hmm. it was like. It was a bit of a coming home, except for with giant tall buildings that weren't there when I was growing up. But um, mm-hmm. no, it was beautiful. That was my my favorite of the of the uh, of the three trips. But I mean, I loved the times I went to Toronto. So 
Yeah. Did you have a favorite event that you were a part of in 2017, either as a reader or something else? Yeah, again, I have to talk about um, IFOA again. And I, I, I guess my the reading that I, I was in, um, I actually did two readings there. The mm -hmm. first was a, a Q&A with the uh, American fiction writer Chantal Acevedo. And um, Susan Cole did the uh, asked us questions. And then the second was um, uh, a bunch of poets and I read together. And I, that was a great, Phoebe Wang hosted that. And then there were a bunch right. of, I can't even remember, there's Nick Power and Stuart Ross and, and Jennifer Lovegrove. There were a lot of great, Michael Fraser. There was just a lot of us. And it, that, was a, that was a lot of fun as well. And then, of course, the whole experience of IFOA, they treated us beautifully. I mean, I think that's, a, that's, a, I've been treated well every time I've ever done a reading, but there mm -hmm. I was treated like a minor celebrity. So that was kind of nice. Everything was free and, and um, we had people leading us around telling us where to go and stuff. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Though that, that was for me. What about you? Do you? Um, well, I feel like we're, we're just, um, Repeating ourselves. Well, we're just we're lavishing praise on Toronto because I was going to say the 30 under 30 launch in Toronto was. A, I had a lot of fun at. Oh, it's fun. I watched that. I, I watched that on yeah, most of it. That was live streamed. Yeah. The first uh, live stream event that I've been part of. It uh, There were 10 readers. It was all... It was... I don't know if I've, I've... I haven't been part of an event with 10 readers before, I don't think. But it was just... They're all very short. Very, very concise performances. The readers themselves were short or no? <laughs> yeah, well, some of them probably were. But they were just the quality. The readers were just all fantastic. They were just, there was no one that was, you know, mediocre. Everyone was just absolutely fantastic. It was very They're entertaining. On their game. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a good crowd. It was, it was full. It wasn't like so full you couldn't move, but it was, there was no like, I don't know, extra space. Uh, which is, you know, uh, it, it felt nice, felt like a warm environment, and it felt um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun and high quality work. So, Good. Uh, yeah, and and again, you know, when I was I went to there to visit for a couple of days, people were were nice. Uh, I got to stay with J.C. Bouchard. He was a very good host to me. Great. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that one. That's great. And, and J.C. Bouchard lived in Ottawa for some time, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we still miss him here. So I'm glad I'm glad that uh, you got to spend uh, time with him. That's great. Yeah. So do you have what, – what do you want to ask next? Why don't you pick the next question? Maybe? Well, what is – okay, so this what do you is – left? Okay, here we go. Now we're getting into we're getting into the new year. We're getting to 2018. Should we? Uh, should we get out of the uh, frozen apocalypse that we're cur currently in? Freeze Mageddon 2017. Uh, so um, what are your writing plans for the new year? My writing plans for the new year. I think, Amanda, it is time for me to put out or to try to publish a book of poetry. Ooh, good. I think it's Pardon? time. Publishers, um, are they listening? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, that means it's going to happen, but I'm going to try this year. Uh, I haven't submitted a poetry book. Um, manuscript, yeah. Manuscript, that's what it's called. I should learn the terminology too for MS, an MS if you're really cool. I thought that stood for, oh yeah, I guess that stands for... Stands for many things. Yeah, but yeah, okay. In our little world, it often stands for a manuscript. So I'm going to do that. Um, I want to write a bit more nonfiction. So I always have these like these little ideas, and then I just don't write them down. What kind like, of like what sort of ideas about what about everything? <laughs> See, already that's a good title, but I think it's a brief a brief what is it a brief explanation? Of everything there's a book out with that title, but well, it's you know. just um, you know politics or um, philosophy or theory or the things you've read or an event you've been to, just like 
the thing is, I, I think when I think of writing nonfiction, it's very daunting. It's like I have to write everything oh, there yeah. is to write about this well, thing. Because you come from an academic. I, like one thing yeah. is, I had to kind of, I won't say I had to untrain myself after being yeah. in academia, but there's a real, there's a different approach. And, and I think if you read a lot of essays by poets, you can actually mm -hmm. get a better, you don't have to be, you don't have to master the subject. You're not going to be examined on it. So you can actually, you can play a bit more. Well, actually, mm -hmm. reading Lisa Robertson is a prime example like the way she yep. does sort of poetic essays or or Anne Carson like yep. I think starting there is a good uh, is a good way of and not feeling like you have to um have to be a master of rhetoric although you probably are so this is probably <laughs> you do learn like one thing about going to university is you do learn how to write mm -hmm. um logically and so you have to sometimes you have to kind of just take that and just tweak it a little bit so it's more entertaining for you to write even and, yeah, yeah and I think yeah just putting less pressure on myself exactly be a good uh, yeah. start and I write I mean I write for work tons like I write yeah. lots of stuff but it's you know and it's very logical writing but it's not uh, necessarily creative uh, writing yeah so I think that would be uh, that good and then more more fiction more short stories what about the theater side of things you... um, it's taken me over a year to write this play so um, I think if I were to write another play it would have to be I'd have to have a very specific plan for it where I wanted it to be performed or it'd have to be like commissioned. Like I'd have to right. be approached for it. Well, when you when you do get the play put on, there'll be some changes what, that will happen at that point too. I understand mm -hmm. that knowing a few playwrights, sometimes there's edits and stuff that are yeah. required at that stage. That all sounds very exciting because you've got that, that place coming out in the in, in May yeah. in, of 2018. So yeah. that will... That's exciting. And where is that happening? When it's you... happening in Dundonald Park. Right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, so, let's, yeah. let's hope the weather is not cold like today and yeah. in May, by if we've gotten rid of the snow. That sounds fun. Yeah. So maybe more plays, but uh, I, I like the idea of, you know, having your my home base as, as poetry and then exploring something, at least one new thing every year and like putting Very time methodical. into it. But, uh, well, just to like, I don't know, if you never try anything, how do you know if you're not good at it or like it better or? Yeah. But the thing is, whenever you try, um, you know, a new genre or a new type of art, you have to really try. It's That's the other difficult part is you have to put a lot of effort to give it a fair shot. And it's nice to think about, oh, writing a play or writing a no, novel you or have a to story. Learn how but to do oh my it, goodness, yeah. it's the learning yeah. curve is I was probably a bit arrogant when I started writing a play <laughs> of uh, the learning curve because and I still think I, I could write a play very quickly but I could not write a good play very quickly Listen, that's the difference you can all write all kinds of gibberish <laughs> yes. really I can write lots of things quickly but it's not going to be that's, anything anyone else wants to wants to see <laughs> yeah and I think the the biggest hang up for me with whether it's nonfiction or uh, short fiction or plays is uh, plot oh I hate plot oh, oh god it, what it's, a pain it's it is a Why? huge pain it's and, who cares? I mean, really? I mean, ah. Well, that's why I like poetry, because you're not expected to have a plot. And I think you no. don't necessarily have to for other things either, or it can be, you know, not necessarily so methodical. But uh, there's a pressure, I feel, to to write plot. And when I think about well, plot... it's such an anchor, right? It is. It, well, and I get it. It's a, it's a foothold for people to, to really get into your work. But I, when I think about plot, I think about just it's just generic storylines a lot of the time. Like, yeah, like this, whatever there are, the seven plots or whatever yeah, those basic man versus man and yeah, all those yeah, sort of things. Yeah, 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 or relationship or, you know, yeah. it's, it's not much to, to work with there. So yeah. that's kind of my biggest struggle is writing a plot because I'm not interested in it. I don't do it well. No, me neither. I don't really care. 
it's not have, my writing strength at I all. I write great characters. I just yeah. don't know what to do with them. And if they, they, you know, I have to. They can talk. Yeah, I like, they, they, they talk, they interact. But uh, sometimes, like, I've, I've had all kinds of ideas for novels, but I never know what to do with them. <laughs> like, right. there's the characters. So, yeah, that's my hardest thing as well. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you have uh, writing plans for the new year? Um. There, it's funny when, I, when we sort of set these questions up I was thinking no 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 I want everything to be free but I, I actually do have a few things and, <laughs> and so I guess I do so I started um, I guess in the fall a long poem um, called Joan During Wartime that deals with um, my mother's experiences during World War II as a child because mm. she was uh, in, in Sheffield uh, during World War II and, and uh, was bombed out of her house and stuff like that. And wow. then uh, Joan of Arc, who as a child had visions and uh, ended up, um, of course, being burned at the stake by 19 and, and that was part of the Hundred Years' War. Other than that, I'd really like to write just individual weird poems that w- probably won't even get placed anywhere and and um I'm I have a short story I have three short stories two of which have been published in a in a in a, in a linked set called Fallen Angels and Other Broken People I still want to change the title of that but that's what it's called for now <laughs> so I've two have been published on unlikelystories.org and I I wrote a third I sketched out a third I'd like to, I'd like to keep going I've got a character called Tango Unclair another one called uh, Lucifrenia she's a fallen angel and he actually ended up in heaven recently in the last story I guess so um now he's um working on um He's uh, rebuilding the old Garden of Eden, which was thrown out. Heaven is like a like a garage where a lot of stuff ends up. So that's okay. sort of like uh, plants come back to life. It's anyway. So I'd like to write more of that. Again, those are my so those are my basic plants. Plus, I, I'm working on my, I'm continuing to work on the Vispo Bible, my visual poetry project, uh, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be done a long after or never done. So never completed in my lifetime, especially at the pace I'm going. So those are my plans. Do you have any uh, event plans, um, either being involved in them or attendance-wise or anything, or just kind of letting and seeing what happens? So far, I have no readings scheduled uh, where I'm a feature in 2018, but I'm I'm giving an artist talk as part of Canada Concrete in May. It's the University of Ottawa's um, English Department Symposium, so I'll be Mm -hmm. talking about the Vispo Bible, and uh, it's a 20-minute talk, so I probably won't get started on it till, you know, March or something like that, Mm -hmm. but uh, so I'm doing that. Other than that, I really want to go to Montreal again this year, uh, 2018, because I I didn't go at all in 2017 Mm -hmm. because I was... I had an issue with my foot and I couldn't do a lot of walking so I want mm-hmm. to be back there and I will I would love to be back there to just attend some readings um other than that I'd like to um I mean there's events I'd like to go to here like Verse Fest which yeah. comes every year and I've even heard a few of the names of the re- of the readers so I'm excited and uh, the Writers Festival and there's there's other events we'll talk about when we talk about upcoming events but I have mm-hmm. no big like I I don't plan to um uh, well, I, I have I have a certain secret hope, but I can't. I'm not going to get that, so I might as well not even mention it at this point. But um, what about you? Do you have any events that you'd like to go to? Uh, nothing in particular. I think that when I when I moved back to Ottawa two two and a half years ago now, I really wanted to attend more non poetry events, and I yeah. think I'd like to. I fell off a little bit, uh, but I like to you know try to go to at least once a month. 
yeah. to a you know drama or visual art. Or I really music. like to go to some uh, some art galleries more again this mm -hmm. year. I, I I have a friend who was a curator here in the past, and she moved away. And since she's moved away, I haven't gone to galleries as much as. Right. But I, I love doing that, so I'd like to do that too. Now that I think of it, actually, I've I have been going to at least one once a month. Oh, so let's good. say twice a month. Okay, he'll up, he's going to up the ante. <laughs> well, up now. it a little bit, That's and then good. just you know, going to poetry events still. Like again, once or twice a month, and then uh, you know, nothing in particular. Just it's it's hard when you transition to working full time to yeah. get all that other stuff sorted out. But I think now that I'm getting more used to it, I think that's takes time. More reasonable, you know. I remember being quite tired at the end of the day when you... That's just it, yeah. yeah so, days are tiring. Yeah, so, so you'll see. But you adjust after a while or, or you don't. Mm. I guess it depends. Yes. <laughs> there you go. What about... Um, what about... Uh, what do you want... So we move uh, back to just uh, literary stuff. Do you have anything you want to do differently literary-wise? Like coming yes, I want, 2018? To read, I want to read more. Read more. Yeah, that's always good. I want to read more. And I want to read more sustained things. So like... Um, full poetry collections or by the same author long poems or well i don't know if we'll go that far <laughs> <laughs> just uh, i like reading in little snippets uh, yeah. right now um, part of it is just i'm so used to reading articles my attention mm. span so i read little snippets or po individual poems but i like to get back into there, there is a difference when you're reading several poems by one author yeah. or a collection you know it's a different way you interact with it so um doing that again and more um, I think since I was out of since I've been out of school, it's been, you know, you want to get away from all that because you're so sure. sick of it's just. You oh yeah, because it's more about assignments. Yeah, than... it's not fun, really. It's no. you, you get you do get some pleasure out of it, maybe, or you you learn a lot, and there's there's good aspects to it, but it's it's also a it's it also becomes a burden, and uh, so yeah, getting rid of that feeling of it being a burden and, and enjoying the curiosity and pleasure from it again is is definitely. Uh, what I want to do differently in 2018. If I have any recommendations, I will. I will. No, pass them I on have to too many. You have too many. Okay, don't don't send Aaron any recommendations. I'll, I'll give let you, a you guys Twitter know account. when I need recommendations. <laughs> right. We're, we're a while away from needing recommendations. Right. I have a lot of books staring at me right now. Me, you can recommend as many as you because I can. I'm insatiable and can never have too many recommendations. So feel free. I will tweet out a request. Read, send me your recommended recommended reading and films and everything yeah. else. I suffer from the plethora of choices. Oh, me too. I have yes. I have lots of choice. Even in this room alone, which yes. we are in, there are lots of choices for me to read. Aaron handed me actually a, a magazine, so I have that as well now. Go. Yet you, another one. Do you want to do anything differently this year? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I think I, at first I, what I what I thought was I'd like to take a break from submitting my work for publication, oh, yeah. but maybe I'm going to be not quite as as I'd like to take a break from submitting to, and this is, I, I, I'd like to seek, seek out more sort of uh, fringe type and indie mm -hmm. and maybe underground type places to send work. How do you it, find them if they're underground? I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> and that'll be, that'll be part of, I guess, by people telling me what's, what's, uh, or maybe by my just happening. I sometimes happen upon things. And yeah. so, and then I'd like to read more work by those who are not in the mainstream. So, so I'll, I'll try subscribing to or follow magazines that are maybe um, a focus on queer writers, for instance, like um, um, Plenitude is a magazine that's online, and I really love it. And every time mm -hmm. I every time I read anything on, on it, I've always enjoy it. it um, poetry or, or essays or, mm -hmm. or reviews or fiction, so things like that. Um, I'd also I have this plan to self publish a book of whimsy that's totally handmade and given out to people. So okay. over the years, so that's something I, I would like to do. Is is the 
Okay, yeah, that that's all I have right now for that. <laughs> that's enough. That's plenty. Is there anything you want to continue doing? What do I want to continue doing? Uh, I just I, I just I want to keep reading. I, I read a lot. I actually um, I took part in um, Jonathan Ball and I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick started something a few years ago called Ninety Five Books and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now Jonathan has a website for this, but so I participated in it this year, and um, I read something like so far 110 books. So wow. I'd like to, I'd just like to keep reading, like I've been reading. One of the problems for me uh, with that is that I focused a lot on books, so I didn't read a lot of uh, magazines and stuff because mm. I focused more on books. But I'd like to I'd like to keep reading, and I'd like to keep attending readings. And uh, since it's supposed to be literary wise, but I really really like to like to attend more music. Like at the mm. last couple of uh, months, I've been well, I last month I guess I've been attending some um, more music stuff and I was like Mm -hmm. oh I really have to do this again I love it I love being going to hear music live like it's just Mm -hmm. so great so Mm -hmm. I'd like to do more of that yeah what about you um I I think continuing to branch out into into the inter arts into the into exploring the boundaries between poetry and not poetry and that's good goal I'm going to steal it and how, <laughs> and how it all kind of interacts and i've you know i've been kind of doing that for a while and i've i've always been someone interested in in, in all the arts and someone who's been a musician and you know so just like maybe maybe focusing more on or just allowing um all sorts of creativity and innovation and artistic expression to just kind of um seek all of it out and be not, open yeah exactly be not open. worry about categorization or yeah. boundaries and just just intriguing interesting surprising things that are going to inspire me so sounds like a very good goal yeah you know, whether it's creating or or just uh, interacting and attending yeah. things yeah so i've been i've been yeah i've been doing it over the years and i'd like to keep doing it and maybe expand that sounds good yeah what was your what your favorite non poetry arts event or experience of twenty seventeen? Oh, so many! Uh, I went to some good concerts. Uh, I went to Oshiega in Montreal, and I saw a band I liked from high school called Trophy Scars in New Jersey, which is where they're from. That was a lot of fun. And they're still around. They're from. Oh, that's they're cool. still around. <laughs> Just a, a fringe uh, band that has a very loyal group of followers who are now around thirty years old, but who have been following them since they're teenagers. So uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's um, fun. I went to, uh, I went, I went dancing a lot at the beginning of the year. Went to there's oh, a good nice. of, there was some uh, f- there was some fun like there's some fun like smaller dance events in Ottawa that really? you don't yeah you, you wouldn't really under- know about it unless you like happened upon it or or hmm. sought it out like there's one uh, in the basement of a, an African restaurant on Laurier, uh, the restaurant's called De Freak and once a month they turn into like a uh, Afrobeat, funk, reggae, Caribbean music. Oh, wow. Night. And it's, nice. yeah, it just turns and changes from a restaurant to like a club once a month, which is kind of, which is very fun. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that was fun. Um, I really liked La Machine. La Machine. La yeah, Machine. right. It was, it's just, I like it because it's so bizarre. It's just, you just see people just like running around chasing these giant, like, I don't know, constructed things. Well, <laughs> the way just... you described it was great. Like, I mean, I, I know I, I sort of was a curmudgeon about the whole idea, but I really did like the way you described it. I remember at the time we were talking about it on a, on a podcast this summer, and you said something to the effect that the whole street, the whole, basically the whole environment becomes a part of the performance yeah, and a, i like that way of thinking about it i i could see that being it's like city-wide performance art it was really yeah. cool and that sounds that sounds interesting to me i didn't mm-hmm. think of it that way <laughs> because i didn't think of it that way i just thought it was another cheap stunt to 
make us celebrate something that well, we didn't want to spectacle. celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that. There's that. You know, negative yeah, side of it as yeah. well. But yeah, there was this interesting. They had a, one one of the machines had like a like a like a band like an ensemble in it like playing yeah. like live music. So like I don't know, it's cool. And uh, I'll fun. I'll give one more shout out to uh, the Fresh Meat Festival uh, Theater Festival. It's, right. Uh, yeah. So it was yeah like short plays all one stage, um, different very different in uh type of environment that you might associate with with theater and it was a lot of fun so uh and it's i think it happens once or twice a year so i'll go to it again next year sounds good what sounds about good. you it always make me feel like i wish i w- have attended uh theater i always i always i always think i i i want to go see plays and then when they come out i just don't seem to have the energy to go right. or some or something happens i really again this happened also in december so i guess i'm a i'm a bit focused on december right now but um it just ha- i can't believe it's not joni mitchell's blue took place at the nac and um so this i can't believe it's not it's this thing that's happened something like six or seven times in ottawa um organized by people from the Arboretum Festival where they bring in different performers to perform the work of someone else and I don't know whether it's always an album but in this case it was Joni Mitchell's Blue which came out in 1971 and I, I've always been a fan of Joni Mitchell and so it took place on December 23rd there were actually two times but we went to the evening show at the fourth stage mm-hmm. and um it was just great. And so some of the performers were John Hines, Jeremy Fisher, who's really amazing, Katura Johnson from a band, uh, the Heavy Machine Band. And she was incredible. She, um, We thought she was an opera singer because she had this amazingly strong voice. Sarah Bradley from Fevers, who actually opened the show. And she was she, she and her band were amazing. Felicity DeCarl from Sparkleosaurus, Jamie Kronick from Scattered Clouds and Ben Kaplan, and Martin Charbonneau from Fevers, Adam Sakely and e- Enid Goodman. And they were all amazing. And so they just performed the songs from the show and um, hearing Jeremy Fisher hit the high notes for Carrie was pretty amazing. So um, it was a good night. And, and it was surprisingly, both of those shows were actually not surprisingly, both of the shows were sold out. So mm. uh, it was a good, it was a really, and that was any music, any any event that has me singing into the cold night while I'm waiting for a bus on Elgin Street, yeah. <laughs> on an empty Elgin recently plowed street has to be good. So that was, that was something I really loved. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any other highlights of the year that we didn't get to that you want to you want to mention? I can't think of anything. I mean, there probably are. I mean, there's probably all sorts. I mean, there's lots of readings that were really great. I guess um, the, I was thinking about um, at the Writers Festival. I can't remember if it was the spring or fall. Barbara Gowdy was one of the readers, and she mm-hmm. was features, and she was amazing. I mean, I've always, um, I've everyone always recommended her to me and I'd never really read any of her work and I got to hear her read from her latest book and then I read her first short story collection and yeah she's a definitely an interesting writer and she was very engaging Anita Desai also read at uh, at the festival and so those were those were some highlights mm-hmm. there are probably other great readings that I went to that are now escaped me but <laughs> they were magnificent I'm sure <laughs> you you like the small press book fair and that's right I, lo- I always love the small press fair at both both both, um, I guess it happens in the spring and the fall, and the, uh, yeah, that was good. This and we didn't really talk much about it. I, one of the highlights there is um, there was a table full of uh, friends uh, who were mm-hmm. um, operating, I guess, under and collective, and uh, there was um, they put out a little magazine called in- Indistinguishable, which is quite. It was the first issue, and it was really great. There are lots of great. Um, um, things in that magazine, like Liam Burke's. Uh, Liam Burke, I don't 
get a chance to read a lot of his work. So mm. he has a line about um, open me like a knife or something. It's just really, really brilliant. Ian Martin and Chris Johnson, Claire Farley and Nina Drissick and uh, Connie Clayton, a lot of good stuff. Connie had a chapbook out too that I got from the fair. Doug Dumay had a had a broadside chapbook thingy that came out. Lots of that. That was great. It was a great. Uh, it was another great fair. Yeah, the fall and winter, fall and spring, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? Anything else you can think of? Um, I would say doing the thirty under thirty anthology um, allowed me to find a lot of discover a lot of new writing that I had not been um, privy to before, and even like people saying to me like, "Why didn't you include this person?" I was oh like, yeah. Then I'd be like, "Oh well, now I know this person." Like you know, and maybe mm-hmm. I didn't know the person was or didn't know how old they were, things like that. But just like that was a way. It's a way to find more and more, uh, well, that's more it. poetry. So that was good. Uh, Verse Fest was a lot of fun. Um, I think I already talked about that though, actually. Um, I saw a broken social scene in Toronto, and they have some literary ties. Yes, so well, yes, go. exactly. Yeah, and there was that was a great show. Um, and then just you know the inwards events, how there was the live painters, music, and poetry. Yeah, all they one. were they were great too. That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And then uh, going to Sawdust, I like uh, we didn't. I, meant, I don't know if I mentioned Sawdust yet today. And no, we haven't. And that's the... they were great. Yeah, I yep. missed the last few. Well, I went to the last one actually. Um, the last one with um, Francis Boyle Ope was a feature as well as oh uh, Robert Robert Hoke as well and that was a uh, that was a good event at uh, Bar Robo recently yes all right so uh, want to give a uh, shout out to some upcoming events sure we've got um, actually Tree has uh, coming up in January seventh Kirby yeah yeah I have coming. that on my list too so I I unless uh, as long as I can get there I will definitely I will not miss that one Suvankam Tamavangosa is also coming to Tree later on also Jennifer Lovegrove and Saganak and Lolu who I know Kanisia Lubrin as well I'm looking forward to those and that's uh, so there you can find their their full schedule is up on their their site and also on the Byward's calendar. Sawdust has Spencer Gordon coming in January. Yes, yes. And Spencer will also be at Tree also later on, so you can catch really? him at a few different... Yeah, he's listed uh, as coming to Tree later in the year. Not in January, though? Uh, no, not in January. Okay. It's, so, yeah, we won't... He's not doing back-to-back with, right. with uh, Jennifer... Uh, with uh, with uh, Spencer, but uh, yeah, and other than that, obviously Verse Fest and the, and the Writers' Festival as well. I'm looking forward to... Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure there's some upcoming calls for submissions. Yeah, we can talk about a few of those. I, um, uh, you can get these also from bywords.ca by going to the news. And the, so Inwards has a call for submissions. They uh, January Food. 3rd is the as the deadline. So get your skates on. It's uh, it's uh, issue 17.2. It's food. So you should get your your food self. So, you know, get to do that. Uh, Cantheus uh, Feminism and Literary Arts has a call for submission for issue 5. And the deadline is February 1st. Uh, we need bywords.ca once your Canadian poetry reviews. We have something for January, but that's as far as we go. So mm-hmm. um, check it out on the site. And another, I keep my hat on again. Angel House Press wants your poems for nationalpoetrymonth.ca. It's a free-for-all, so the deadline is February 28th. And the issue, it comes out April. And it's basically, I like it when uh, people look or read the poems that are published on this on on nationalpoetrymonth.ca and say, is that a poem? So that's my favorite. Okay. Way. Arc Poetry Magazine's Poem of the Year contest. Yep. The deadline is February 28th, but if you get it in sooner... I think it's February 1st. Uh, oh, well, we'll double check that. But anyway, if you get it in sooner than that, uh, there's, a, there's a bonus. You can submit a bonus poem. So just check that out. League of Canadian Poets has a haiku contest, and the deadline is January 15th. 
And then Tree, the Tree Reading Series, has the Tree Press Chapbook Award. Right. The deadline for that is the 15th. And the good thing about that, too, is there's no entry fee or anything. You just have to have the conditions that you have to be someone who's actually gone to the series and maybe read at the open mic sometime. And just they just basically have to have heard of you. But the, the judging is, is all blind. So uh, there's that. And, of course, there's also the um, Sawdust has its poem off. So yes. um, I don't know. I can't remember. But it's early January. It's um, the third. Probably the third. It's a Wednesday, I believe, two weeks before for the, yeah. the 17th, so whatever so you, that is. Yeah, you send them you send them some of your work, and they judge it blind. The judge this time around will be Robert Hogue for the, mm -hmm. the news. So if, you, if you've if you never read there before, you should, uh, if you're local, and or, well, you don't have to be local, but they, they won't pay for your, uh, your yeah. uh, you know, your transportation or accommodation or anything. So you should, local people and people who are planning on coming here should probably send some work to that. And that's that's all I have for upcoming That's talks. 2017. That's We have wrapped 2017. Happy New Year to all of you and to you, Aaron. And uh, You as well, Amanda. All right. And uh, thank you for listening. Until next year. Until 2018. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.